I'm Chris Hagen. For those who don't know, I've been a language coach for many years. In my career, I've taught a wide variety of people from famous singers and radio presenters to doctors, uni students, and yes, even desperate housewives trying to find an English lover. I finally decided to share my thoughts, tips and tricks with the world. Also check out my YouTube channel if you want to see my ugly mush. So let's kick off this podcast with a great jingle. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Is an anagram of risk. Chris. Hello, I want to start this podcast by thanking Facebook because their computer doesn't understand that going down under means going to Australia and they think going down is something pornographic. Well, going down is, but going down under is not. So thank you for blocking my things on Facebook. Really appreciate it. Maybe your computers need to learn some more English. And now Kelly's back. Was she ever gone? Who knows? A few minutes ago on social media, I put online that I wanted some questions to ask Kelly. Obviously not about a shoe size. The first question comes from Barbara in Milan. What do you miss most about Australia and what do you miss less? Uh, except family, of course. Okay, um, what do I miss most about Australia? Um, I would have to say the, the ocean. Um, For the sharks and the crocodiles. <laughs> Apart from the crazy animals. Um, the, the ocean is just very different. Uh, around Italy you have the Mediterranean Sea and it's beautiful, uh, but it's a bit more like a pool. Whereas <laughs> it's beautiful, <laughs> but it's different. It's, it doesn't it's like have a pool. So much. The Mediterranean Sea is like a pool. But it's, I really like it. But I have to say that the ocean is different. Um, there are some, some benefits being that, uh, of course, you have waves. Uh, it's always interesting. Every day it's different. Um, but having said that, the downturn, the downside of that, the drawback is that... Um, Sometimes it's horrible. You go there and you can't swim because the waves are too big, uh, the wind is uh, too strong. But uh, at the end of the day, if you're used to, to the ocean, uh, when, you, when you go to the sea, it's very different. Uh, so I miss that. I really miss uh, the ocean. Um, something that I really don't miss uh, in Australia would be the food. I think the food is much better in Italy. Um, well, you have to say that, otherwise you'll never be fed again <laughs> while you're living here. <laughs> Considering yeah. that tonight we're eating sushi, so <laughs> the best food in Italy is sushi. Um, you know that's not Italian, right? Of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, apart from the food, uh, also that the sun goes down really late here. That's something that you're really uh, lucky to have. Uh, in Australia, the sun always goes down at about maybe 7pm, maybe earlier. Uh, so we don't have these long days like you have in Europe. And that's something that we really appreciate when we come here. Because, I mean, at 7 o'clock you still have the whole day ahead of you. Whereas in Australia, I mean, if you wake up uh, late, if you wake up at 11 o'clock, you've only got a few hours of sunlight and it's finished, even in summer. And Barbara also sent a second question. Let's have a listen. Do you consider a better quality of life uh, in Italy or in Australia and why? Um, all right. Uh, so there's definitely some really good benefits of living uh, in Italy or in Europe in general. Uh, and that's the fact that everything is just so compact and so close together. Uh, you have incredible diversity. For example, you have the mountains, you have islands, you have uh, the countryside, you have amazing cities and many of them. Um, you can also travel to different countries really quickly. 
Uh, this is something that's unfathomable in Australia. Of course, we have really beautiful beaches, uh, but then we have not much else going on. Uh, so you have a few cities and it takes a very long time to travel between them. And if you want to escape your country for the weekend, you can't. <laughs> We're in <laughs> the middle trapped. of nowhere. We're trapped. We're isolated. On a big island. Yeah, it's like being on the moon. Uh, also that we have the, the time we have the time zone. Uh, completely different to the rest of the this world. This drives me crazy. In fact, yeah. I, even also in America, for example, the the fact that your time zones are different in your same yeah. country. And it's it's just it's like living upside down. Uh, it, when well, it's, you are. You're when in it's the bottom the middle, of the world. Yeah, and when it's the middle of winter, it's summer everywhere else, and so you you just never feel like you're in contact with the rest of the world. Mm. Uh, and on on top of that, when it's really when it's late at night, it's early morning everywhere else. Uh, so it's just completely different. You're isolated. Uh, you can live there and be really really happy. You have the beach, but uh, we really miss that diversity that you have in Italy. And I think that it's for that reason that I think a lot of uh, Australians dream to live in Italy. Uh, or in Europe in general, because there's just so many different things, uh, especially the history. We don't have history in Australia. If you go to Sydney, you can see a famous archaeological site uh, from the first houses in Australia, and they're from the 1900s. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, they're probably as old as uh, the houses. I think my house in England is older than that. <laughs> yes, so, so, I mean, it's what not What did you live in before? Tents? Yeah, let's say maybe the 1800s, mid-1800s, yeah. but that's it. It's an archaeological site. You see it cornered off. It's kind of... <laughs> and it's laughable for the rest of the world. Oh, like Kylie Minogue's house is probably an archaeological site then as well. Yeah, probably. These days, yeah. <laughs> okay, this next question is from Gianni in Brescia. Hi, Chris. Um, a couple of friends of mine have a son and a daughter who left Italy early this year before the COVID outbreak and went to Australia in the hope of finding a job. In the past, the USA used to be the land of opportunities. Now I hear more and more young people that want to go to Australia because it seems the golden pot at the end of the rainbow is down under. Is it really true? Are there real opportunities of making a career in Australia? Ah, it's a really good question. Um... Yes, so in Australia, we do have a lot of job opportunities because we have a very small population um, and a lot of jobs that we don't have, uh, we don't have anyone qualified to do them, basically. Okay. So and other qualified always... people leave, like yeah. you, you're here. <laughs> so well, we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of uh, demand for, for skilled work. Uh, and as a result, uh, if, you, if you have a, a certain skill and you come to Australia, you have the power uh, over the over the companies they will mm. really fight to keep you uh, mm. and so yeah there's a lot of opportunities but it depends what uh, industry you work in so for example if you're an architect if you're an engineer um, maybe if you work in medicine medical in the medical industry uh, you'll have a lot of opportunity you you will have uh, employees fighting over you um, so yeah there, there is a lot of opportunity in Australia um, so yes, it is. It is a really good choice for people who want to, uh, especially to get experience, because we don't uh, we don't have um, a big emphasis on uh, studies. In fact, we we really just surfing. encourage. If you can surf, <laughs> you're in. No, we really uh, encourage um, practical skills. So if you have a really good personality and they like you during the interview, it doesn't matter if you just have a diploma or a bachelor's degree. I'm screwed then. My personality is terrible. <laughs> No, but they will take you up uh, and uh. they will train you. They will teach you everything. Uh, it doesn't matter if you don't have a master's or you don't have uh, experience. Um, so this is how you pick a strawberry. 
<laughs> no, but... Chris, this is how you pick a strawberry. Yeah, I mean it's a good it's a good point because uh, in Australia, I mean we have a very difficult visa system, and every year it's getting harder. Uh, and this is something that a lot of people complain about a lot. Uh, they come to Australia with a one-year working visa, and they love it. Uh, they find a, a perfect employer. They see their future in Australia, but at the end of the year, they have to leave unless they do farm work, uh, unless they jump through a whole lot of hoops and a lot of paperwork and a lot of money. Uh, in order to stay so it's a bit of a catch-22 mm. uh, you go there you love it but if you want to stay you have to work really hard to to get a visa the next two questions are from debbie my cousin who lives in the south of sardinia she's a very funny lady and francesca also from brescia why do all animals want to kill you in australia i've heard of australia as the country with the most poisonous snakes in the world. How likely is it that if you go there to visit, you can meet one of these nice animals? <laughs> All right. This is probably the most common question I get asked as an Australian. People are really fascinated by the animals and how deadly they are. Um, it's as if that's all there is from the country. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous animals. So, well, the answer is that it depends where you are. Of course, again, if you go to the north, uh, things get really crazy. Uh, and you can see a lot of crazy animals. Um, the, the reason why they all want to kill you, I don't know, maybe it's to do with evolution. Maybe they all have to be more poisonous than the next one in order to survive. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, everything is, everything is crazy there. Um, as for the snakes, uh, there are a lot of different types of snakes. Um, we get to learn... Surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, we get to learn which ones are poisonous, which ones aren't. Um, hey, you learn it at school. It's like a subject. No, it's not necessarily a subject, mm -hmm. but we, we learn it. Colouring uh, the snake. Up. <laughs> Don't go outside the lines. Mm -hmm. So, um, how likely are you to see a snake when you go to Australia? Well, if you visit Sydney or you visit Melbourne or a major city chances are not very likely but of course if you go out of the city and you're walking in the in the rainforest or something you're walking in the bushland uh you you could come across all sorts of animals um so you have to be careful especially during snake season it's <laughs> a, a season, season it exists and it's real you have to be careful basically from winter uh when it comes into when winter changes to spring so the beginning of spring uh, all the snakes come out of hibernation and they're hungry so that's when you're more likely to see them um, I remember when I was uh, in school, uh, we would often see them on campus, on the school grounds, uh, walking from class to class. And like millions of them. No, every now and then you'd see one maybe in the tree, maybe it will fall out of the tree. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, and you just have to be careful which one you see. If it's all black and it has red underneath, just... Run. <laughs> yeah, Keep you can't away. run because you're not supposed to. If they're aggressive, they would chase you. You have to stand still. So to let them eat you. No, you have to stand still. It's like a bear. You can't okay. run. <laughs> I know. I didn't know. You're not supposed to We run. have to do an episode just on survival <laughs> from animals in Australia. Another question from my cousin Debbie in Sardinia. Why are there so many dead wombats on the road in Tasmania? All right. Uh, so first I want to talk about Tasmania. Uh, it is a part of Australia. Why? <laughs> it's not a separate island or anything. Well, it's a separate island, but it is not a separate entity. It's part of Australia. But um, you have many islands. Yeah. I mean, it's our biggest one. It's, ah, okay. It's essentially... I always thought it was a country. In fact, when she sent the question, I thought, well, 
Does she know no. where Australia is? This is the thing. I mean, I'm not from Tasmania. Tasmanians are really strange people. Okay. <laughs> we have a really shout out to all Tasmanians. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> the Tasmanian devils, lovely. Yeah, well, that's true. They do have those. I had a fake um, tattoo of that for about a couple of weeks. Washed away, though. <laughs> it's fake. But what I mean, Tasmania is known for in Australia is the the poor island that gets left out of all the international maps, <laughs> and that really hurts when you look on the map and you see they've forgotten you. So, <laughs> well, so my must heart be for a reason. Them. So why why are there many dead wombats there? Do you know? Yeah, exactly. So talking about dead wombats, I haven't been to Tasmania. <laughs> I would like to go. <laughs> because it wasn't on a map. You couldn't find it. <laughs> um, but it's a good question. I mean, I remember I was driving um, to to go skiing in Australia. Yes, there are some skiing places. Uh, and we saw a lot of dead wombats. We thought the same thing. Um, the, qu- the answer, I don't know, maybe because they're very slow and they often get hit by cars, unfortunately. Um, but other than that, I don't know why there are so many dead ones. But is it a bat? No, it's not a bat. <laughs> I've never seen a wombat. It's it's like a very chunky, small bear, if I can say say that. Uh, they're like a little bear, but they're very short and very, as I said, chunky, and they kind of burrow holes into the ground. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> no wonder they're dead. They sound lovely. <laughs> God, she doesn't half rabbit on. Only joking. If you don't know what rabbit on means, wait to the end of the podcast and you'll find out. So that was part one of the questions. We're going to do part two next time just to break it up a wee bit. Next time there will be questions from London, Rome, South Korea, Nashville and Ljubljana. Everywhere around the world. Say it right. Now you all know how to make words plural in English. There are regular plurals and irregular plurals. But in a similar way to our regular verb endings of ed... There are three different ways to pronounce S or ES endings, depending on what the word finishes with, the sound that the word finishes with. So let's have a look. If the word finishes, so if the word ends in a S or a Z or a CH or a J or a SH or a J sound, then the S or ES is pronounced as IS. For example, Cause, causes. Now, if the word ends with a voiced sound, voice like v, g, b, these things, like hand, for example, we pronounce the s or es as a z. So, hand, hands. So, if it's voiced, the s or es is pronounced as a z sound. And if the word ends in a voiceless sound, That is when we pronounce the S or ES as S. For example, the word kick finishes with a K, which is a voiceless sound, and so we pronounce the S as S. Kicks. Now I'm going to say a word, and I want you to tell me what the plural form is before I do, just to check if the pronunciation is the same as mine. So the first word I'm going to give you is the word church. Church finishes with a CH, as you can all hear. So what's the plural? Churches. We use the is because we're finishing with the ch. Remember. A little Lion King moment there. Now, obviously, this rule does not only work when you're making plurals. It also works when you're making the third person. So, let's have a look at a verb. To mend. To mend means the same as to fix or to repair. In the third person, how would you pronounce it? Mendies. 
Men's. 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 We're using the D, which is a voice sound. And so we say men's. Okay, one more. Rack. So I have a rack with all my CDs on. I don't really. I used to have in the past. What's the plural of a rack? Two racks. Because it finishes with a k, which again is a voiceless sound. Also, hit. Hits. Okay. Remember when you pronounce these voiceless sounds, this t and this k, make them very, very soft. We don't want to hear any t and k. It's horrible to hear. Try and imagine that you're the Queen of England speaking English. Would she say that? I don't think so. Two, three, four. Some grammar, some grammar, some grammar. Let's all double some grammar, some grammar, some grammar. Okay, today we're going to look at some animal phrasal verbs. And this is because in the questions with Kelly, basically we spoke about animals probably 80% of the time because the only thing Australia seems to have to offer is dangerous animals. I'm sure there's other things as well. Good alcohol. And the beach if you like to get killed by sharks or crocodiles. So let's have a look at the first phrasal verb. I want to look at fish for and also fish out. So it's the first two phrasal verbs, both connected to fish. Okay. If I say I'm fishing for something, what does it mean? It means I'm trying to get some information from somebody without directly asking them. So how Sally... Because I want to find out, is she dating anybody? Is she seeing somebody? How is she doing at the moment? Without saying, is she dating somebody? I'm fishing for information. We can also use fish for when we say she's fishing for compliments. In other words, she's saying, oh, I look terrible. Because she wants you to say, she looks good. Now, fish out means to pull something out of a place. So I can say, wait a sec, let me just fish out a pen from the bottom of my briefcase. I'm looking for a pen in the bottom of my bag. A bit like Mary Poppins. When she pulls out a lamp, she puts her hand in fishing for a lamp. And out it comes. Now the next one is pig out. This one you can probably understand what it means. Pigs, them dirty little animals that roll around in their own poo. And can actually eat humans, somebody told me. Not that I've ever tried. To pig out means to eat a lot of food at once. Now when people are depressed or drunk, they tend to pig out and eat too much food. Now, if you wolf down your food, so wolf the animal, wolf down your food, it means you eat really, really quickly. When you're in a rush, you tend to wolf down your dinner. Problem is, you end up ill after, and you end up getting ulcers. So it's not really the best thing to do. If I say she's beavering away, what does that mean? Well, beavers, as we all know, work very, very hard building dams in rivers. And so, if you say someone's beavering away, you mean they're working really, really hard. So, Tom is beavering away at his homework. He's working really, really hard. Bless him. Now, in the UK, we have a phrase over which I really, really like. Rabbit on. Now, when you rabbit on, it means you talk about something a lot. And normally, it's not really interesting to the other people you're saying it to. So I can say, um, James is rabbiting on about his new job. I really don't care. I'm not interested. He's got a new job. Woo, whoopee. Good for him. He's getting some money. He can finally buy a new car. Okay. I'm not interested in his new colleagues, in what wallpaper there is in the office. He's rabbiting on about his job. He's talking about something not interesting. And we're sitting there having to listen. So he's rabbiting on. Very nice. 
But I've never heard a rabbit talk, have you? Now, if you squirrel away, you know what a squirrel is? That animal who hides the nuts. If an animal that hides the nuts is using a phrasal verb, it's obviously connected to hiding something, right? Well, for once, it's actually right. It means to stash, hide, or hoard something away for future use. So, I can squirrel away, can't even say it. I can squirrel away some tins of food just in case the apocalypse is around the corner. Now, if somebody clams up, it means they stop talking. Like a clam, it has a shell, it's closed. So if you ask somebody about something and they clam up, it means they obviously really don't want to tell you. And so they stop talking so not to give out any information. Now, another one that I like, which is generally used only in the UK, is lark around or lark about. This means to behave in a stupid or silly way because you think it's funny. You think it's funny and so you think everybody else has to think it's funny. Not necessarily true. But, for example, my cousins, they live at the beach in Sardinia. I'm sure they're larking about in the sea today. Here, where I am in Milan, it's peeing down with rain. There, it seems to be the sunniest day ever. And so they're probably larking around in the sea, having a good time, behaving silly, enjoying themselves. So they are larking around or larking about in the sea. Now, I don't know how many I told you, but it's not important. Try and use some of these when you're speaking to your friends. If they don't understand, that's their problem. Only joking. Take some time to explain it to them. You don't want to be misunderstood after all. If someone's scared of squirrels, they will not be happy if you say, I'm squirreling away. They'll run away. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Here's for you comes in your ears, another word for things is cheers. Here's the new kid from the block, here for you around the clock. Shining on his English lips, Chris. Is an anagram of risk. <laughs>